2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you want to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go to the front of the line. We don't have any of those types today. So let's just start off with Joe, the janitor from Connecticut, who's definitely not even a little bit sus. Hey,
1: Ryan. Hey. What's up, man? What up? Joe. Hey. From Connecticut.
2: The janitor? Um,
1: so I identify as a janitor. There you go. Anyway, wanted to call. Whatever makes you happy. They say, um. that the Vikings are frauds. Yep. The Lions. Um, the Lions are a trash organization. Yep. And the Bears. Bears suck.
2: They do, yeah. And
1: Justin the worst. Fields sucks.
2: Yes, one of the and worst. And
1: whoever thinks this guy is ever going to be an MVP is an idiot.
2: Um... Can we talk about that for a minute? How many, this would be a good maybe topic for tomorrow. I'll have to look into it. How many absolutely god-awful quarterbacks have ever gotten the nod for MVP. I don't mean not in terms of like officially won it, but in terms of the national media saying, I think this year, this guy's going to do it. Has that ever happened before? Like actually one of the worst in the entire NFL. The, the first year that Lamar played quarterback, he was dog vomit as a passer. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen. I don't remember anybody Talking about, dude, that guy, that guy, MVP. Now, he won it next year, for sure. He did. He won it. He earned it. All I'm saying is, I don't remember too many people saying, I think he's going to win it. I think there was a consensus. This guy kind of sucks at football a little bit. Everybody knew he could run around in circles real fast. Nobody seemed to care. Nobody really, even really liked Lamar all that much. I mean, some people did. He definitely had his defenders, but I, I just, it's, I don't know. It's the weirdest thing that we've got people saying, I think he'll be in the MVP conversation when he was actually one of the worst in football last year. I just do not understand that.
1: Honestly, the Bears had the number one number one pick. This is your strap. I wouldn't have traded Justin Fields and that number one pick for Jordan Love, even though we don't know much about Love. <laughs> we know that. Sorry. We know that. Uh, Justin Fields is trash already so yeah even with that first round pick I would never have traded that's all I gotta say show him
2: yeah I mean that's that's an easy one for me maybe if this was a better quarterback class or whatever um, I'm I'm in complete agreement if if the Bears had offered the number one overall pick in Justin Fields for Jordan Love I would not, not have done it now granted I don't want Justin Fields for anything but I, I absolutely would not have done that and I'm sure there are a lot of people that are thinking you're absolutely lying I'm not at all I don't want two years of evidence that this guy's never going to be a good quarterback and the number one overall pick in a really weak top portion of the draft. I don't want that. So I'm in agreement with all that.
4: All right, judging by the amount of calls and amount of
0: net after darks that we're getting, I think I can time this up perfectly. All right, are you guys ready for week one kickoff? Go Pack Go!
2: That was That was the funniest joke I think I've ever heard. It's only... What five days behind? Freaking chill.
0: This is Trucker Bob. Hey, I have one Trucker Bob. Question for you as we head out of Florida towards Richmond, Virginia. All right. This is my question: How much playing time would you give Jordan Love during the preseason? Anyways, I thought that would be interesting.
2: <sighs> I mean, I I generally lean toward. Guy's got to play. I understand the fear of injury and all that. But, I mean, are we going to take him out for part of the regular season? If not, why not? Wouldn't it lower the risk of injury? The point is, are, are we going to do everything we can to win or not? We we know that Jordan Love needs a lot of time. As much time as we can give him, I think it would be beneficial. Not only does he need it, but his receivers need it. He They need time with him. He needs time with them, the tight ends. This group, the offensive line. Sorry, David. You're playing, bro. No, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he'll be playing in the preseason, but I think he should be. You're going to play. You guys are playing first half or whatever. I don't care what it is, but you're you're going to get together as a full offensive unit. We're going to get some actual real live practice in together. I don't care if it's a quarter. We need something. We need you guys to actually go up against another opponent and play real actual live football together so we can see if there's any issues here. I need to be able to see what's going on. I'm not going to see the first time these guys go up against live competition is week one in Chicago against the Bears. That ain't going to happen. Not if I were in control of things. So Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari, if you want to hold out the defense, fine. I think they should all get at least a little bit of time, but it's not quite as important because we've seen these guys and they've all kind of been there with the exception of a couple of rookies, but that's pretty standard. But we're talking first-time quarterback, first time of any of these receivers have worked with this quarterback First time anybody on this offense has worked with this quarterback they have to work together so he needs time and not just he by himself because that's kind of useless you don't just play quarterback by yourself you play you know with an offensive line with your running backs with your wide receivers you got to learn to work together so everybody on that offense is going to be playing in the offseason programs in the preseason I'm not saying four full games but we've got to get some time in That's if it were up to me. Is that going to happen? Probably not. I mean, I'm sure Jordan's going to be playing a little bit. Bakhtiari probably going to sit the whole time. I just, if it was up to me, that's not how things would go.
3: Hey Ryan. Hi. Hi. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Good. So I've been walking to work lately. Yep. It's kind of nice. It's a mile and a half. All right. So it's nice. Nice walk. I can walk there and back. Um, but, yeah, that's been good. Go and remember when I told you a while back that I didn't really like the draft and all that? I usually wait till I see all the players, and then I usually pick a rookie to watch. So I picked my rookie to watch.
2: All right. Who you got?
3: And, by the way, after hearing, I think it was a couple – A couple episodes ago of Packer Night After Dark, it reminded me that I had to call you because, um, yeah, it's not just you and Nico. Nope. Love me some Jaden Reed! Heyo. Oh my god, I... Okay. So I always watch film of our rookies. That dude... Ah that dude I know he excited me I I can't wait to see that guy I know I can't wait to see that guy so yeah um I would not be surprised if he made it towards our second receiver maybe even our first I I know that's a little crazy yeah but somewhere in there I mean who's to say Christian's our number one we we don't know that right we don't know that I like him too honestly I don't really care what if we have two number ones? I hear you. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be. See? But i really love to watch his uh, juke at the line, you know, so he, he didn't get touched by the defender. That was sweet. Gave me a little bit of a reminder of Devontae. I'm not saying he's Devontae. I get it. I get it. But, man, that was exciting. So, Jaden Reed is my rookie to watch. And I cannot wait.
4: Cannot Wait.
3: To watch. Okay, bye.
2: You know what I just thought of when you mentioned two uh, number one wide receivers? You know what I think this pairing has the potential to be? DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, 5'10", 182, ran a 4'4", right? Fast dude, almost exact same. I mean, our guy's a little bit bigger and supposedly faster. I mean, that's about the exact same 40 time. But then DK Metcalf, 6'3", 229, blazing fast speed. So they got their really big speed guy. They've got their smaller, shifty route runner guy. But they're both number one wide receivers. And interestingly enough, Christian Watson and DK Metcalf were pretty similar as far as some of the... You know, when I was looking at, I think, yesterday or whatever, the metrics, or today, I guess it would have been, for Christian Watson and how good he was yards per outrun and all that. Um, He was up there with DK Metcalf. I think for the season uh dk was 22nd and tyler lockett was 25th christian watson was 24th so he's already as a rookie was already and again obviously he graded out much higher in the second half of the season but even if christian didn't take a big jump and let's just say he say he stayed roughly in this range and then Jaden reed also was in this range it's dk metcalf and tyler lockett right not top 10 Necessarily, although they clearly have the potential, as does DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, as we've seen in the past. But that's the thing: two number ones, who their range is kind of, you know, twenty-five to five overall, and then they have up years and down years and those kinds of things. But I, I, I think that that is a uh, pretty solid potential pair, and 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 the similarities are clearly there. I mean, even even when you look at DK Metcalf and Christian Watson, not only are they really big, really fast prospects, but they're both those guys where a lot of people looked at them and said, I think I the hype is basically just because they're really tall and really fast, but I don't think they're actually really good wide receivers. And then DK stepped on the field and was like, all right, this guy's going to be real good. And that's basically exactly what happened with Christian Watson. Because if you wanted another pairing, you could say something like uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, maybe not as good, but you got your big guy and then you got your route runner. Waddle and Tyreek, just from the standpoint of two speed guys. But still, I think the Seattle thing makes the most sense. And it's it's kind of exciting to think about. And it's also cool to look at and just say, there's plenty of teams that have two number ones. I mean, I'm, I, those are just a couple examples. San Francisco with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. It's amazing how many teams don't have number ones, just based on the fact that so many teams have two number ones. Miami, as I said, Waddle and Tyreek. In fact, the, believe it or not, and I'm sure most Packer fans wouldn't, the Packers are right there. Lazard was 34th. And then again, Christian Watson was 24th, so that's borderline two number ones right there. Although according to Packer fans and the national media and pretty much everybody, the Packers have seven number fours and that's about it. Everybody's just garbage and disgusting, putrid trash. That's what Christian Watson is, that's what uh, Dobbs is, that's what Jaden Reed's going to be. Stop believing this historic franchise that's dominated for 30 years is going to be anything other than trash, you stupid bootlicking homer
1: ryan uh first time calling in a little while here uh hey it's been, geez, since you first launched after dark uh at the show i called in a while ago me she's probably like back in july and asked um about jordan love's contract and i hate to say i called it but i kind of did call it uh asked about if you know, the fifth year option or cutting him was the only thing, or if we could extend him in so- some sort of an external deal. So, hate to say, you know, I called it, but there you go. Uh, I actually do love to say I called it. So, uh, a couple-
2: wish I would have remembered because then I could have talked about it. But I forget things.
1: Things I wanted to, to chat with you about here. Um, the first one, well, I guess uh, you know, preface it. I just got done mowing the lawn here, so I apologize if I'm a little, you know, huffy.
2: Smelly. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: but I was getting caught up on packing up after dark, and uh, figured I'd uh, give you a, a call here. So the first thing, wife and I just found out we're, we're well, not just found out, but uh, recently found out we're expecting kid number one. So Congrats. hoping you could talk some sense into her. Oh She's no. apparently opposed to the idea of naming the kid, first kid, and the subsequent kids, uh, Barbara and Aaron. And apparently <laughs> that's a big no on her But uh, She said, I, I guess she will not want look at a baby and say bart as the name so uh, please you know help me convince her about that one <laughs> uh but the other thing that-
2: i'll be honest man i can't help you there um i i so i i did get my request for my son i don't know why i always envisioned cullen would be the name of my son and that was just a thing my wife was cool with it and so that was just a done deal. And then we both, so we, we, when we were going through the process of baby names, we both really liked Riley for a girl's name. So that was automatic with her. And then the next one, we kind of had a little bit of a battle. We, we, we had a series of boy names figured out, like we're good to go, but you just, you know, the girls kept coming. And so we were stuck. And eventually I just caved. I, there was one day where I, I don't know why or what exactly happened, but we were just going back and forth about our two names. Um... She wanted Brinley. I wanted Brielle. And for whatever reason, one day I was like, fine. It's fine. Let's just do Brin." And uh, she was just overjoyed. So I, here's what I would say. Expect to lose the battle, but fight the battle. Not viciously. Just hold your ground, hold your ground. Let her get really excited about whatever name she wants. Maybe kind of nudge her, you know, if she's got some ridiculous. My wife has, like, the reason we can't agree on girl names is because she likes really, like, princessy names, like, th- that are way too long and, and just... Too foo foo y. I can't even think of an example. Like Gabriella or something. I don't know. That's, I don't think that's one of them, but it's something like that. You know, it's just this. But just hold your ground, prepare yourself to lose. And then when the time comes and you really want to score some points, just say, okay, let's do it. And it'll just be the greatest thing you've ever done for her in your entire life. Score a bunch of points. Bing, bang, boom. So I'm sorry, and you're welcome.
4: What I really wanted to, to dig into you with is her
1: uncle is just. It Drives me nuts.
0: Okay, he's sorry. the type
1: of fan that, and I know you say fan how you are I'm a fan all the time, and I usually abide by that too. Um, if you want to spend your life being pessimistic and, and you know upset and, and just mad at the Packers, right. go for it. I suppose I'm usually w- way more optimistic about the situation and, and where we're at in the future. But he's one of these guys that just just, just drives me nuts. A couple of years ago, he was even trying to tell me that the Rashawn Gary pick was a uh, waste of a pick. This was, like, two years ago. So he's already been in the league for a year, maybe two at that point. Um, he's just trying to say that if you're not a first-round pick and you're not starting immediately, then it's a waste of a pick, which, what a dumb take. I don't know how... It's pretty bad. ...just but you have to be sure to try and say that that's a, the situation you dress for the future not for you know necessarily the
2: so, um yeah I, I generally think if you're a first round pick you have the talent that there is some some expectation that you start but that is not the absolute priority and if you don't happen to start or dominate as a rookie but go on to have a great career it's certainly not a wasted pick it's just it's it's an added bonus that a first-round pick might afford you that maybe some of the other rounds don't. But that's about it. It's certainly not um, an expectation that um, is disqualifying from from as far as whether or not it was a good pick or not.
1: Anyway, his thing this year, we just got back from a family gathering, and he's trying to tell me that he really needed the Packers to draft a lineman this year is the big thing, and, Uh and how terrible it was. And I came back at him and said, well, clearly if the Packers didn't draft a lineman, then they must feel pretty good about the line and and must be pretty confident about kind of where we're at with it all. So i was hoping you can kind of dig into maybe the optimistic look at the, the line and, and where you see it heading and, and why you think the Packers didn't end up going with a, a draft pick this year for the, for the line, because I know they have been over the past several years. So um, thanks. Go back Go.
2: Well, lucky you. I have the exact answer to that because, Brian Gutekunst actually just answered that. Um, Tomorrow on the podcast, I'll go over an interview that he did. And um, he was asked that exact question as far as, you know, you, you didn't draft a single offensive lineman. And essentially what he said was, it wasn't that they were completely opposed to it, but they knew that either they were going to get one early or it really wouldn't make much sense to get one because it's going to be hard to compete with the guys that are there, right? In other words, if you get a first-round guy, that might be worth it. You know, some real, genuine, top-end talent that has a potential to come in and compete for these spots. But using another fourth-round pick on a guy to come in and compete at, at sort of a Royce Newman level, no offense to Royce, but we, we have plenty of those guys. So I wouldn't necessarily say that it's the case that the Packers' offensive line is perfect. I don't think there's any positions that are perfect on our team. But yeah, I mean, it's certainly nothing to get dug in about. I don't have any issue with saying I, I think offensive line would have been my preference. That's what I said would have been my preference in the first, just based on you know the the talent that was available. Um, but it's not a do or die type of thing to where oh this draft was a disaster. We should have gotten. It. I mean, th- that sort of simplistic thinking sometimes can get so absolutely carried away, you know. And and it's really as much as it's. People, and I'm not necessarily talking about your wife's uncle or whatever, but generally these people think that they are the supreme intellects, you know? Like, this is the thing. I, I, I know all the... But it's it's the most casual fan take in the world because even most casual fans understand how the draft works and how you generally want to draft best player available, and if the offensive lineman isn't there, then that's not what you do. So, yeah, th- there is this level of absurdity that tends to float around out there with some of these things... Um that's that's pretty ridiculous. But no, the the offensive line can be improved, but we're certainly not in a really bad spot at all. Again, we had the third best pass blocking offensive line in football last year. I I, I would have had no issue upgrading it. I also have no issue going into the season with the same offensive line.
1: Hey Ryan, uh Trevor in Virginia. Schedule came out today. Um sure everybody knows, saw, but we open and close the year against the Chicago Bears. And nothing would make me happier than to bookend their dynamite season with uh, Justin Fields than to bookend their season with losses to the Packers. I don't even care if they make the playoffs and we don't. Whatever. Which, very unlikely, but. So, to just still beat them twice and have it be the first game and the last game I think gonna be about the, you know, that'd be that'd be a successful season in my eyes. You know, that and Jordan Love played well, or maybe started rough, got really got progressed a lot as the season went. You know, um, and kind of along those lines, I I usually hate an early bye week. I usually like you know mid season to maybe a little later, but um, I love the week six bye week. In this case, I don't know about everybody else, but. With the young quarterback, you know, we basically get a quarter of the season, five weeks, you know, it's a weird 17 weeks now and then. And then, um, we can reevaluate, you know, maybe things are going well, we can stay the course, or, you know, it's a rocky start, you got that week off early on to kind of refocus or whatnot. So, um, yeah, I don't know, just, it's not this big announcement in my eyes because you already know the opponents, but it's just one more thing. Gets me a little more excited for the season to come around the corner right. and get this show on the road, you know. I mean, let's be honest for for the non-football months of the year, we're all just on cruise control, waiting, waiting for those football months to start back up.
0: Anyway, go back, go.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. You know, a lot of times as you guys are talking, I start thinking these things through. I haven't really considered it before, but I, I can't even imagine the level of despair if the Bears do end up getting beaten twice, by the Green Bay Packers. I think that would be significantly more devastating than if the Packers lost. This is year one for us, with this new direction. Wouldn't be good, right? But if year one, the Packers come out and are already better than the Bears, going into I guess kind of year two with the new coaching staff, year three with Justin Fields, but if it's a down year and Fields doesn't take a step in year three, and you're still, you know, probably not the worst team in football, but you're not even close to winning the division, or you know third or fourth in the division missing the playoffs packers are better than you jordan loves better than justin fields i mean that 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 would be catastrophic for the chicago bears and just the implication of it there's such an expectation bubble that's that's building you know we talk about these bubbles and economics and stuff that are these falsely inflated things but if it pops and it in it and it will it will pop because there's been a lot of false inflation going on about the chicago bears team It goes to zero real fast if they can't get any traction this season and if the Packers are better, even if the Packers are just marginally better with a better quarterback, everybody's coming off that Bears train 100%. The only reason anybody's even on the Bears train is because some people are still buying into the field type and everybody assumes uh, Jordan Love is going to be terrible. If Love is better in year one than Fields in year three, yeah, it's going to zero real fast, which is where they already are, the worst team in football. But we have to go through this thing where we pretend that's not true. But that will not happen again. So, yeah, Bears fans better hope and pray that Jordan Love is just a terrible quarterback and that Justin Fields takes some kind of miraculous leap forward.
4: Hey, it's Jimmy. Hey. Um, Hey, I just wanted to uh, share a good thing and then vent a little bit. So uh, the good thing is um, my son, little Jimmy, I took to the last – as it turns out, the last Aaron Rodgers the Packers uh performance, even though it was a disappointment, got him to the last game ever. He is going to go to Whitewater in the fall. I thought you Hey-o. would appreciate that. Yeah. So yeah, he's gonna start his higher education at Whitewater. So hopefully uh, you know, he someday uh attains the same high standards that you did, um, from your alma mater. Um <laughs> Okay, so that's the positive. Super, super positive. Um, here's the vent, and this is really nothing to do with this whole call, it's nothing to do with the Packers, but it seems like that is kind of the going rate on the show these days. Um does it seem is it just me or does nobody can really hear anything anymore? I gotta tell ya, in within my household I'm talking, I'm not talking about like society and listening, I'm talking about like literally hearing things. The amount of times, I have to repeat, the amount of times I hear the response to what I say is, what? It is unbelievable. (laughs) And maybe it's the phone thing. Maybe, you know, Tiger fans, we need to take a break from our phones a little bit. But I think it's also just like people don't even try to figure out if they heard what you said. They're just like, it's just lazy. They're just like, what? And they thought about it for two more seconds. Seriously, I'm like, did you seriously not hear any of the things I just said? Because it is constant. And I'm just wondering if I'm the only one out there. And granted, I've got teenagers, you know, they're notorious for not listening. But it is not just them. And it is not just in the house. It seems like everywhere, everybody's like, what? Maybe I'm just mumbly. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just looking for some some sharing of this misery. Uh, But go back, go.
2: So I can't necessarily sympathize with you. My wife probably could because she experiences that with me. Um, (laughs) I, I, I mean, it could be a lot of things. I'm I'm sure you're venting about some things in particular, but one of the things is cell phones, obviously. Um, I, I think the biggest issue that I have, especially with my wife is she generally is always talking and, um, it's hard to engage, you know, my my ga- my brain can only be engaged in one thing at a time. I can't read something and listen to her at the same time. It's not a skill that I have. I cannot multitask with my brain. And so if I don't know she's talking to me and she just starts talking and I don't just immediately stop what I'm doing and focus my attention over there, but so so there's a couple issues. Number 1, I her she's always talking, so I don't know if she's talking to me. So there needs to be something to get my attention, like, hey, I gotta tell you something, right? So then then it's like, okay, and then I divert my attention, look over here. But if she doesn't do that, even if I can tell right away that she's talking to me, if she just launches in to a thing where she's like, So I went to this thing this other day and then I did it it it. And then I got to be like, I think she's talking to me. And then I got to stop what I'm doing and then look over at her. She's already finished like the first three sentences of her story. So I I just look at her and say, well, what? What are you saying now? I, start over. You, you, you have, there, there. There's an order to this. You need to get my attention and then tell me the thing. And in her mind, it's like, no, I want you to never disconnect. There needs to be a constant stream of connection there. But I can't do that because then I would never be able to do anything else in my entire life. And I know she does that on purpose. Like, as soon as I, like, she'll tell me stuff, I'm like, all right, yeah. And then as soon as she stops, I kind of like, all right. And then I go back to my thing. And then when I get back into it, it's like, oh, yeah, she starts talking again, right? It's like she's trying to communicate that this this stream of communication needs to just stay open forever. But again, I can't, like, unless I'm just going to stare at you. For the entire day The funny thing is though She is the exact same way with our kids As I am with her Because the kids are constantly talking to her 24-7 And she's on her phone all the time And so when the kids try to talk to her Sometimes they'll talk and talk and talk and talk and talk Especially my daughter Riley or whatever And so then my wife will be like wait what And it's like weren't you listening to anything I said And then she gets annoyed and it's like are you serious I don't say anything because you know But in the back of my head it's like see See you do it too but I don't have that issue because I don't really talk to people. I don't share things with people because I assume they don't care. I barely care. Why would I tell anybody? So I generally don't have that issue. And if there's something that I need to communicate, I just say, Hey, so-and-so. And And then when they look at me, then I say what I need, make sure they understand. And I go about my business, but I don't tell like big, long, elaborate stories. I mean, I have a podcast, so there you go. But If you're listening or not listening, I'm guessing half of you, it's background noise and you're doing something else anyways. That's fine. It doesn't matter. Just don't click through the ads, please. (laughs) But no, I don't really have that issue, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And I can tell you, well, I better not say that. I'm not going to say that. Just make sure you have the person's attention. Try to be concise and try to limit the amount of things that you say to a person in a certain period of time. But again, make sure you have the person's attention. Don't just start talking. Hey, I need you to take out the garbage. What? Hey, Mike. Yo. Space cadet. What? I need you to take out the garbage. Okay. That's You see the difference? I do that with my kids sometimes when they're watching TV. Stand in front of it and clap your hands. Hey, snap out of the trance. Go play outside for a little bit. Because I said so. There you go. Problem solved. Uh, What else do you
4: got? To me again. Uh, I realized I was remiss uh, in not asking for your... Uh, maybe you've already filled in the blanks on this. Probably. Uh, but your tips. On, um, Whitewater. Oh, you know, nice. like what to avoid, what to make sure you check out, you know. Um, I know it's, a not a huge town, but, uh, never really spent time there, and, uh, anticipate spending some time there. I'd love to give my kid some recommendations. Um, now he's not 21 yet, so keep him, keep him, uh, like, oh, yeah. please. Uh, but, you know, I'll be visiting, so don't keep him late. Thanks. Uh, Jimmy out.
2: Oh. Trying to think what I can say about Whitewater that isn't going to give you a heart attack. Um, When I first got there, I remember I was pretty involved in stuff. I remember that was like a big... I was wanted... Like, they had a um, magician, like, the one night. And I was like, hey, you guys wanted... Nobody from my dorm wanted to go, so I went. That's when I met some other people from a different dorm, whatever. We all hung out and talked and whatever. Um, We did like a... Shoot, no, that was... It was like a Halloween thing, but I think there was drinking involved with that, too. Um, Boy, what happens in Whitewater? Well, the football games are fun. I'll say that. The football games are a lot of fun. They got a fantastic football uh, team. I don't know exactly where they're at these days, but I know when I was there, there were two Division Three teams, basically, that mattered, and one of them was Whitewater, and they they either won or played for the championship pretty much every year, but that was a lot of fun going to those games. It is nice that it's a smaller, you know, you don't have to drive anywhere, really. I mean, as far as going to your classes and whatnot, everything's walking distance. It is a very tight community, so you get to know everybody, which is really cool. You get to know the people in your dorms, for sure. And, and and there's all different types of people, you know. I mean, it was it really felt like a family, and some people were down to do whatever kind of crazy stuff. Some people weren't, and that was obviously not an issue, you know. People didn't want to go out and do crazy stuff, but they were still a part of the crew, as long as you're not a D-bag RA or anything freaking hall monitors what a jag off freaking hate that guy (laughs) followed me to my room and found a bottle of vodka on my on my floor punch him in the neck um definitely got to hit up roses man they got these sandwiches at roses oh my goodness i would have eaten it every day but it's it's you know it's money which we didn't really um have a ton of but dude get you a con it's called the combo I'm telling you, dude. So it's basically an Italian beef sandwich with an Italian sausage in it. And then I think there's like a marinara sauce and just a ton of cheese on it. Oh, my goodness. Granted, you got to understand this is like 2 a.m. food. You understand it's bar food. But, dude, it's a heavenly thing. Now, I'm sure the meatball, the Italian beef, the Italian sausage, chicken parm sandwich, all that stuff is good. But treat yourself to a uh, combo sandwich from roses. In fact, I'm so grateful to them. I'm happy to advertise for them anytime they want, for free. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, fantastic stuff. Otherwise, I don't know, man, just have fun, I guess. College is, college is cool. It's not like, it wasn't like high school was, in, in my opinion. Everybody was just cool with everybody, you know? There was nothing really cliquish about it. You know, high school is all about, like, I don't know if you're, like, a part of the thing, or, I don't know, you kind of go over there, and I'm going to be over here, and you guys, in uh, College was just like, dude, I don't freaking care. Like, every, like, you just want to have a good time? Like, yeah, me too. Like, dude, let's have a good time then. But whatever you're looking to do there, there's plenty of people looking to do the same thing. Some people actually want to get degrees, you know, so link up with them. Great gym. I don't know, man. It'll be a good time. Definitely some of the best times I've ever had. And maybe swing by and grab me a uh, Rosa's sandwich if you wouldn't mind. Thanks. I saw Leroy Butler's wife just graduated from Whitewater, actually, which I thought was kind of cool.
1: Hey, Ryan. Hey. Yo. Canada. What's up, Joe? Connecticut. So, I'm um, driving and I was thinking about some stuff. And um, actually listened to a podcast and I heard him talk about football players' signatures. And I figured um, I wanted to know who I should get this year. Uh, last year, I got a Christian Watson one before. The season started on a helmet from uh, Premier Auction for a pretty pretty good price for a mini helmet alone, and it's probably like only double the price of the helmet. Um, I feel like before the player hits the field, it's a good time to to buy these helmets or these autographs, and um, I'm wondering who would you buy this year? Um, Anyway... That has me thinking about probably one of my favorite football memories of all time. Um, so obviously I live in Connecticut, and the Giants, the Jets, whatever, New Jersey is not very far, it's about an hour and a half from where I am in Connecticut. So I've been to that stadium to see, then play the Packers, eat whole teams, multiple times. Whenever they come to New York, I try to go. Um, so one time, when I was a kid, probably about... Ten, eleven. 11. My cousin was in college at this time, and he happened to be roommates with a practice squad player from the Giants. And, um, he got us access to where the players get off the buses, and it was like a gated area that we were able to stand. But, I, I um, after the game, I was able to see the players come out of the locker room and go onto the bus.
0: And
1: Santana Dodson stopped, signed, signed my mini helmet, and Amon Green stopped and signed my mini helmet. Nice. And those two helmet signatures in person was awesome. Um, I wish they were on two different helmets. they not the same helmet, unfortunately, but it's still cool because I got them in person. And it's not like they can ever be uh, proven anyway, so who cares? Uh, yeah, I got a real nice full-size Karen Rogers signed speed helmet that's probably worth some big bucks and i'll never sell but i don't look at it the same right now you know but yeah whose signature would you get it doesn't have the helmet let me i don't know i got a Brett bar helmet um these signatures but all right till next time shalom
2: shalom yeah well it's uh it's always very cool to hear those stories um obviously they're very personal. I was thinking about some of the stuff that I've gotten, some of the memories that I've had with uh, guys that have signed some of my stuff. Definitely some good memories there. But um, as far as who would I buy this year, which, you know, I don't super get into that, but I think it would be kind of a cool tradition to start getting some rookie things. Because even though obviously you're going to end up wasting some money, it would be such a cool collection to have. You know, you think 20 years, you look and, and, you know, let's just say like, you know Luke Musgrave completely busts out and is out of the league in 3 years or something 20 years from now somebody's like what is Mus what is Musgrave I've never heard of that like oh he was this tight end we got I think it was like the second or third round or something he's supposed to be really good he's a complete you know what I mean like it would I don't know I think it'd be kind of cool just to have a complete collection of whatever but that's if you got a bunch of money um I mean Jordan Love would make the most sense if you're going uh the rookie route I mean, Jaden Reed sticks out in my mind for sure. Obviously, Lucas Van Ness was our first-round pick. Tucker Craft is another really obvious one. Those would probably be the top four, I guess, if you include Jordan Love in that. Uh, I forgot to take a break, so why don't we go ahead and do that? We'll come back and uh, take some more calls. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now...
1: Hey Ryan, Joe, janitor again. Hello. So, I'm um, calling back. But I just touched on something from the last call. Um, probably wondering why I wouldn't got Brett Baris' autograph. Because that was the Brett Baris era. Um, actually, Amon Green might have came back when Rodgers, like, because he did go play for another team and he came back. He might have played with Rogers for a little bit, but this was this was Santana. This was a while ago. I, just, I think Santana gotten was a. And maybe some lines and I forget, but um, yeah, I did see Brett Favre, and uh, obviously, like I said, I was behind this gate. It was by waist level, like one of those gates you see, like traffic gate. Um, I could have literally, I was at the Giants where the Giants came out of their locker room across the way was the Packers, like I, because I, like I said, my cousin knew a Giants player, so I was able to, um, I could have gotten any Giants autograph I wanted. I didn't even, don't even remember who the quarterback was then. I didn't care. Um, I, I ended up leaving there with beanies, baseball hats. They were all giant stuff. Didn't want it. Uh, I don't know what I did with it. Threw it out. Um, I did see Brett Favre. He was probably about 12 feet from me. Like, man, um, I was yelling his name. And I got my kid yelling his name. And it's not too loud that he couldn't, he couldn't hear me. And he just kept walking towards the bus, and he literally had to kind of walk by where I was to get within, like, eight feet of me, and I was yelling his name, trying to get his attention. Nothing. Um, yeah, so that was kind of disappointing. That's my one memory of ever seeing Brett Favre first, uh, was that. So, um, maybe, uh, maybe he was busy, but anyway...
2: Yeah, it doesn't super surprise me. I think I mentioned um, the Lombardi golf tournaments. I know Brett used to be there, and I used to also be there as a volunteer, although I didn't even know what that meant. But um, he had a pretty bad reputation for not being the nicest person on planet Earth. I know him and his wife were, like, yelling at people, which I remember... The one time I'd kind of walked over to the next hole where Brett was, and obviously there's a massive thing there, and I just remember his wife was yelling at people, and he was just not being very nice, and he wasn't receptive. He didn't answer. He didn't really sign autographs, I don't think. And it was just kind of a known thing that you know a lot of really good people, a lot of really nice people, and Brett wasn't necessarily one of them. I'm sure it's annoying being mobbed 24 seven, but it's just it's just part of the deal, man. If you treat people like that, you're going to have a bad reputation, and you know even if people can kind of be jerks or whatever i think that's important to think about how you're going to be perceived if you are surrounded by hundreds of people and you sort of belittle berate whatever you end up with stories like that and stories like yours where it's you know a little surprising that you get ignored or whatever and again i don't think he has any obligation to go hang out with you just cuz you yelled his name or whatever but i just I, I do think that that was kind of a known thing about brett
1: Hey Ryan, this is Aaron. I'm just listening to uh, Packernet Voice. I keep calling you Packernet Voicemail. That's your name in my phone. But I keep listening to Packernet After Dark, and there's this t- apparently Tom Off asked the question of what song should we attribute to this year's young team? Yeah. And people are answering it. And you all have great and lovely answers. Everyone's coming up with wonderful answers, but they're all wrong. It's "Let Them Pray" by NF. It's literally about how people are praying on his downfall and saying, like, all along there were everyone was saying that he was never going to make it in the rap game. He was never going to make it as a musical artist. And then as soon as he makes it. Becomes one of the top artists, like, top rap artists out there and hip hop artists in general. Um, he, everyone now is praying for his downfall and they're saying, oh yeah, you're never gonna sustain this and you're gonna collapse and he's just out there doing his own thing and he's just, he's like, you know what? Whatever happens is gonna happen, but I'm just out here living life and I'm doing what I wanna do. And that's kind of what the Packers have going on. Is that he, or is that the Packers are doing their Packers thing, and everyone else out there is like, oh, the Packers are going to suck, Aaron Rodgers is gone, and they're just like, nah, bro, we got Jordan Lowe, we got Aaron Jones, we got Jair Alexander. We got David Bakhtiari. We got Matt, mother-loving, beautiful, eyebrows, LaFleur as our head coach. We got so many guys. We got so many reasons to win. Just keep giving us more reasons to to, to prove you all wrong. We're going to in the end, so just keep giving us more reasons. Um, so, yeah, that, would, that song would be Let Them Pray by NS. It is absolutely a hype song as well, so it's perfect. Anyways. I hope you enjoy whatever day it is that you're on or uh, I, I think you Ryan with everything in life are in the same timeline as we are so that would probably be Friday um, but you're not going to hear this on a Friday I'm guessing so whenever you hear this uh, have a good whatever day that is thanks and go pack go and Tom Austin is pretty cool um, people don't give him enough credit, and people need to appreciate him more. Um, so, yeah, bye.
2: I like Tom's calls. Keeps you on your toes. It's fun to kind of branch out a little bit, too. I know this is a Packers podcast, but it's like you do two Packers podcasts a day on top of the hours of looking into the Packers, especially in the off season when you're reading nonsense that doesn't matter, and it's like, how can I turn this into something that's actually interesting? And the answer is you can't because it's not interesting. And then Tom's just like, what would be, like, an awesome meal if you were on a boat? I'm like, I don't know. What would be an awesome meal on a boat? But uh, looking at some of the lyrics, just go to the second thing down here. Dog's going nuts. The cat must have came in the house. It says, Gotta prevail, gotta excel. Think I hit my peak? No, I just started climbing the hill. Kill or be killed? Well, if that's the way that you feel, I hope you know you about to get the raw end of the deal. I need to meditate. I ain't got no room to grow. I would never say no. Conversations with the Lord should be every day. Reconnecting with my core, get my head up straight, praying on my downfall, let him pray. So there you go.
1: Hey, Ryan, Jacob from California. Hi. Hey, I like, I like our schedule. It's, uh, it's a nice soft start for love. Six weeks of uh, kind of easing them in. None of the opponents are crazy. You know, you have New Orleans, who typically has a tough defense, but they're not the New Orleans of old. You know they do have car now, so they might be a little tougher. But besides that, it's you know it's just it's just you know it's not there's no Chiefs in there, there's no you know Bengals, Eagles. It's not like there's some superstar team in there. So give him a not as crazy start, and then we roll into the bye, It's like all right, we have this whole little section established. You know it's. This is more about learning, right? So get get what you need. We're going to take that break. You guys take the week off. We're going to figure out our tendencies. Let's go ahead and, like, all right, this is what we are going forward and see if we can, once we start getting these, um, you know, these teams like the Chiefs mixing in. And even Denver, Denver's got Sean Payton now, you know, having them come right after the bye. We don't know what that team's going like, to look like. So it's good that that might be a you know, you know, team we can win. Against now, um, because I I still carry a lot of weight with Sean Payton, but just uh, I like this. I like the schedule, like most of the tougher games are after, and everything looks pretty good. So, let me know your thoughts. Go, Paco.
2: Yeah, I think it's probably ideal. Um, You know, one of the hopefully one of the bigger benefits is going to be a a locker room that really comes together and, and, and rallies around each other, but. You know, Like I've said for a while, winning solves everything. You're probably going to have a really good locker room if you're winning a bunch of football games, and you're probably going to have a pretty rough locker room if you're losing a bunch of football games. You can weather the storm for a while, right? Um, But you need to get some wins, and a tough schedule is – I mean, it's a tough schedule. So even if the team isn't great, if they can sneak out some wins against some other teams that are kind of struggling, just to kind of first of all help them get into their groove but also give them something to celebrate – and to get excited about, I think it'll be important, but we'll see. We'll see once the, the season starts. I mean, even last year was super weird with, you know, the quote-unquote bad teams having a really hot stretch right when we were having a bad stretch. You know, I mean, the the Jets and the Giants and the even the Patriots and like all of a sudden these these teams just were killing it in that little period of time, and most of them went on to suck after that. But it's just, it. it who knows what kind of opponents we're going to be going up against?
1: Dan from California uh there was another Daniel that called Daniel from Milwaukee and uh he was talking about Lucas Van Ness and Rashawn Gary and Rashawn Gary's trainer BT Jordan and uh you know I, I really like B, uh, BT Jordan that guy is good he uh was coaching Hassan Reddick um you know, in the offseason, and look what Son Reddick does. Pretty sure he coached Von Miller. I think he also does both of the New England pass rushers, um, Udon and Wise. And he just got a stable of guys that are all producing. And I really, like, I I think he's probably the best guy. I know he's been training with uh, Rashawn, uh, not Rashawn, um, Kenny Clark's guy. So I don't know if he's going to end up over there. But if he can. You know, it is one of those things where these guys don't have egos. These trainers, and you can go work with both of them. That'd be great because you know Kenny's guy also, uh, his guy does uh, Khalil Mack and Kenny Clark and a couple other guys. So yeah, there's a lot of good trainers out there. But I, I think that BC Jordan for pass rushers because all he does is pass rushers. Yep. Um, Kenny Clark's trainer does a lot of positions. So I don't know. I, uh, I I'm a huge fan of uh, Rashawn's off-season trainer, and I, I he actually, I think he got a position somewhere, so I'm not... Uh, he might have... I think he actually might have gotten a position with the Dolphins or something like that, so I don't know if, uh, if you could still do off-season stuff while you're doing that, but I don't know. I think B.C. Jordan's, like, one of the best uh, pass rush coaches in, uh, out there, so hopefully... Lucas can go over there and learn from this dude and get the uh, the son Reik effect where he can blow up and get like 15 sacks and all that. So, that's all I got. Go back, go.
2: Yeah, I think the Seahawks is where he's at right now. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's I, I obviously don't have a um, a list of the best coaches or whatever, but obviously, he's become pretty well known, especially to us having seen some videos and some highlights of working out with that guy and uh he's definitely got quite a few people he's working with but yeah i mean it's just it, as long as they're putting in the work i think that's what's important i'm sure there's a lot of really good pass uh pass rush coaches and defensive line coaches and all different kinds of people but as, as long as they're dedicated as long as they're putting in the work as long as they're trying to hone their craft and and you know all these coaches too you know you think about with jordan he obviously has had his quarterback coach that he's worked with for a long time and you know what they're doing is they're they're taking notes from matt lafleur you know this is what i want him to get better at so you know these coaches are going to be passing on those notes to these other coaches in the nf or outside of the nfl but from what we've heard lucas van ness is is a worker and we know Rashawn is a worker and so if we can just get that culture up in that group, you know, I mean, even, even amongst the, the other guys, you know, extend that out to the defensive line, get, get Devontae Wyatt going. And, um, you know, some of these other young guys that are out there and just get them grinding, man. You know, I mean, I, I like what we started to build with the DBs with a group of guys that just seemed like they were hungry and they're fired up and it's, it's be cool if we can kind of get that going with the front, you know, again, we kind of had it a little bit with, with Preston and Preston, Rashawn, Gary, Rashawn, Gary, Preston, Rashawn, Zadarius And you could add Kenny into that, although I don't think he uh, feels too much like he's one of the guys. He's not much of a rah-rah guy, you know what I mean? But, yeah, again, as as long as these guys are working, I think it's going to be fine because they're all incredibly talented pass rushers, football players, et cetera.
0: Hey, Packy. It's Rambo. I got my Thomas Austin merch uh, yesterday in the mail. Well, at least that's when I checked the mail and I got it. And uh, it was not Fox. It turned out to be a 3XL t-shirt because XL seem to run a little tight nowadays because they're smaller. And then when you order those like weird printed secondhand from China, Canadian import, NATO, NAFTA t-shirts, sometimes they run smaller still.
2: You don't have to explain it.
0: So I went large, and I think it's a good choice because, I mean, dude is large and yeah, in real life size now. So I have Thomas Austin chilling in the office next to my uh, Packer tapestry. That's up. Um. Yeah, my life doesn't quite understand what the hell's going on <laughs> in there inside jokes are there for a reason um, uh, um, that's about all I got I like the uh, international flavor of the After Dark show today and um, yeah the ASMR stuff we don't like that and also dude yeah. cleared it up. nobody They're- likes footballs yeah.
2: Nobody likes They're meatballs? Failed.
0: They're hard to get through.
2: What happened?
0: And they just hurt.
2: Oh, cheese balls. They're on
0: the swallow, because fingers got get all nasty.
2: Yeah, that's true. The fingers. You smell is...
0: your fingers after you've been around the cheese balls. <laughs> well,
2: I don't usually sniff uh. with. That's a weird. Anyways. You there?
0: People over there say. They don't say chow when they say goodbye. I don't know, buddy. Call on again, though.
2: like the accent. <laughs> I don't know what's... I think these are some of my favorite calls when it kind of cuts in and out and they're just talking and it just it starts to feel like they're just talking to themselves, which they kind of are because they're on the phone by themselves. But usually a phone call sounds like somebody's talking to me and we're having a conversation with a group of other people and whatnot. It's kind of just the way it feels. But when it starts to get cut off like that, it, it almost just seems like you know brambles just kind of off on his own just talking to himself about who knows what meatballs are hard to cut through or whatever sniffing your fingers and whatnot um but yeah cheese balls do get your fingers dirty that's that is true
0: hey hey uh this is i'm concerned for steve in alaska because he said he threw his phone down the street and i think we know the only uh phone that could survive that is the nokia 3390 so uh good luck steve
2: threw his phone down the
0: street boy you know another thing Uh, i moved to florida recently congrats these motherfuckers cannot drive for (laughs) dude sorry
2: that is always a hard part about going to a different state it feels like nobody knows how to drive I got super annoyed when I went from Illinois to Wisconsin because in Illinois the standard is 10 over, and in Wisconsin it's 5 over, and I wanted to just murder everybody. Like, why are you? Why are are you? What are you doing? I mean, I'm, like, I'm not kidding. In Illinois, cops did 10 over. Like, that was the that was the minimum. That was it. And I don't remember anything being like 40. I mean, it was like it was 50 miles an hour, and so you would do 60. It's just what you did. And then if you get on the the expressway. There are speed limits, like a lot of places now it's 70, but in Illinois, they keep it at 55, but people down there don't give a crap. So 75, 80 is pretty standard in a 55. I see a lot of people doing like the weaving and stuff in, in Illinois, which like hardcore, like flying. But anyways, you, you get accustomed to that form of drive and then you go to Wisconsin and it's just five over. No matter where you go, it's five over. 25 is 30, 30 is 35, 35 is 40. It's just what you do. Some people will ride just. Some people do the speed limit, but generally, that's like that's the thing, and it just made me insane. Then, yeah, you go out to Boston, and it's like everybody just forces the merge. It's not like turn signal, look over your shoulder. It's just I'm coming. It's like whoa, 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 what are you doing? So yeah, every kind of every state has its sort of flavor of driving, and it just annoys the living daylights out of you. Then I I I go down to visit my dad down in Indiana, and he's out in like the boonies, and they've got like these super hilly like very curvy roads you know where it'll it'll take these sharp turns but it'll also go down like these steep grades and i'm not kidding all of a sudden the the trees will break and it is this massive cliff and you're looking like oh my goodness if i drove straight my whole family's dead so you're white knuckling it doing 25 and somehow the speed limit says 55 and people are like flying up like freaking semis are coming up like what are you doing i'm like i'm trying not to die bro are you kidding me But yeah, you start to get used to it. My dad, he's like flying through them. Like, What are you doing? You guys are psycho around here. Kind of get used to that mountain driving stuff. I don't like it. I don't really remember much about Florida. I mean, I've been there obviously several times. I know I like the roads. I think because they don't have like the the extreme winters, the roads don't end up as bad. You get on that, what the heck is it? uh, Interstate 4 or something. But it's just like this perfectly smooth black top. Like it's just, it's perfectly flat. There's no potholes in it. Like this is crazy. Like you guys build roads to last down here? Or what are you What are you doing? Because I know, like back in Illinois, you build them to last a year. Because obviously, you know, people need jobs patching up roads and whatnot. But anyways, generally you get accustomed to it. That's all I know. Now, now I'm a five over guy. It's just you, you get used to it.
0: So you got what Z rob and Izzy D, and you got the half Mexican lawyer. Who's your broccoli, Rob? <laughs>
2: D-Rob and Busy B and my half-Mexican lawyer, who's my Broccoli Rob? That's true, I did talk about D-Rob, didn't I? I was like, how do you know about D-Rob? I know it wasn't really a serious question, but I'm trying to think now. So Broccoli Rob, friend in college, kind of becomes the arch nemesis, right? It's also the guy that stayed in college. Who stayed I don't think anybody stayed in college. By the way, do you know there's a guy in Whitewater that that has like lived there his entire life? He basically is like a career student. And from what I've heard, urban legend—you know those movies that were made about like guys that like live on—it was this was back a while. This might have even been '90s. Anyways, supposedly Whitewater lore is that they were loosely or directly based on that dude. I went over to his house once. He's actually like sponsored by monster. So his house was all filled with monster. He's like a folk legend or something. I don't know. But yeah, he's like a 30, 40 year old guy or something, which at this point, I mean, he would obviously be older, but at the time when I was in my twenties, he was in his thirties, maybe early forties. I don't know. But yeah, he just, he's just a student for life. He just wants to live that life. And I, I understand that. I get it. Anyways, it is uh, after 10 o'clock. I just realized that, so I'm going to get out of here. You guys have a good rest of your night, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.